Stia Goodman. You're, you're, you're now listening to our, 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 our blockchain podcast. What's up, oh. party people? <laughs> Let's hope they're party people, or else you can't listen. That's right. Episode 22. Um, I'm your host, DJ J. Scrum. Along with Cynthia Gaten. Art on the blockchain. Crypto art, crypto music, crypto collectibles. Um, we have a, an exciting guest today, Mac Flavel. Is that how you say it? We'll have to have him pronounce it properly. Uh, <laughs> Mac Flavel from um, Axiom Zen, the uh, makers of Crypto Kitties. He is the brainchild, the originator, thought maker of Initial Crypto Kitty. This will be very interesting. We have questions. Yeah. So, talk to him. Um,. Episode 22, we're here. Yeah, we are here. And it's mid-summer. Get to the, the end of the summertime, I guess. Indeed. Uh, the market has really taken a crazy... <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell there's just a lot more anxiety and distress and anger. Yeah. <laughs> Is somebody ringing? Oh, oh my God! Yeah, we don't have uh, Matt calling until 2.30. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we're here uh, in Alexandria, Virginia, Depth Charge Studios. We've got a um, show come up, coming up that's going to um, knock your socks off and top five news, I believe, you're holding back. Right well, I just got done with it, but I I just got back from, from Seattle, and uh, so I came in straight away. Actually, not even 12 hours I've been back. Um, so the top five, we ready for that? Yep. As of today, August 15th, new to me. Uh, this was something that I that I found or learned about. It's called Messages from the Minds. It's a GitHub interactive art installation. And according to the website, it says that it excavates messages embedded in the Bitcoin blockchain. I learned about it from this article called It's Not Just for Geeks, Cryptocurrency and Art. It was published on August 8th, 2018, Bitcoin Australia. I've got the links to that. So what is it? It's called, It's an interactive art installation. And it base, it's supposed to be collecting messages, hidden messages, um, using or that references Bitcoin in the, the messages. So it apparently just crawls across the web looking for... Random words that put it stuff together. Right. References to Bitcoin. Is that like a blockchain story? 
it's not it, I don't think it, it will even qualify as that um, but it's it's just kind of cool that the interactive nature of it and it and it reminds you of a very kind of old school but with a new twist um, next thing is your conference a 3C Festival and Conference, October 3rd to the 7th this year. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm uh, doing a music and blockchain presentation at A3C on Friday at around 2.20 p.m. I don't have all the details yet, but um, look out for that. That'll be good. Um, it's a good festival, especially for indie artists and just fans. It's like Wu-Tang, uh, I forget everybody's going to do it. I saw that. Wu-Tang, yeah, Wu-Tang has a big presence there this year, I know that. Yeah, so it should be fun. And you've done this before? Yeah, yeah. I've been down there a bunch of times, um, throwing events down there. It's good. Good time in Atlanta to get your tickets. So that's a good time of year, too, in October. So it should be nice. Uh, number three, Voice of Blockchain Chicago. It's being held um, August 24th to 25th of this year. I recognize a couple of names. I am familiar with Susan Poole, who has done the uh, blockchain event, or blockchain conference in D.C. for the past several years. At least I know her from there. She doesn't. Uh, she's not as involved as she was before, but she's obviously uh, progressed in the blockchain community. So that was pretty cool to see her there. And Marguerite de Courcel. She's a coin artist, founder of Neon District, so that was kind of cool. She's going to be there at the Voice of, of uh, Blockchain. We've got Jimmy Song and Tone Vase is going to be participating. This is Jimmy Song. You're listening to Art on the Blockchain. It uh, promotes itself as a less expensive blockchain event because they're saying, you know, and this is, this is increasingly true, mm. is that it's very expensive to attend these events mm-hmm. and it kind of defeats the purpose of the intent for yeah. democratization of elitist right and so it's all you know you start seeing the same people over and over again so I, I'm hoping that this actually um, helps with that and I'm a I really like uh, hopefully they serve vegetables there yeah <laughs> so Neon District is pretty cool um, just worth learning about that number four um, July 11th there was a panel discussion Called uh, Blockchain in the New Media Art Market. It, 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 it was at the Museum of the African Diaspora in San Francisco. Um, the interesting thing about that, Mar- Mark Laurie of, of Codex was there, Badir McCleary sorry, of No Contemporary, Antoine Sargent, Kamal Hubbard, and it was moderated by Dorothy Santos, and that was just held out there in San Francisco. I just thought it was interesting. Um, certainly the, the location... Uh, Museum of African Diaspora is affiliated with the uh, Smithsonian Institute. And number five, I've talked about this before. There's a Fresco Art Award, Call for Artists. The deadline is August 22nd. And the website says, create a work of art on the theme of blockchain. Uh, They give artists absolute freedom in choosing their medium. And another part of the uh, website said that the winning artist will be selected from overall public support likes, comments, retweets from social media platforms. So that was kind of cool, and this is our, the last announcement uh, for anyone interested to meet the deadline of August 22nd. So that's number five. Bang, bang. All right. Um, hopefully uh, you all saw the IPFS Battle Royale. Um, also, by the time you're listening to this, you will have hopefully tuned in to the token Battle Royale 2 Token Counterparty Versus Ethereum. Once again, no holds barred. Battle Royale 2 Token Counterparty Versus Ethereum. 
holds part in this match. Everything is legal. Kind of jumped the gun. They're talking about it already. Yeah, yeah. There's a <laughs> chat room where people are sparring already, doing the weigh-ins. Oh, Michael, this is going to be fun to watch. We got to make a token um, and give it to the winner. So, thinking doing two tokens, one that's like they always keep, and then one that always transfers every time you win. Ah, so like a, an actual trophy. Yeah, blockchain trophy. Yeah, we have a blockchain trophy, and it goes on like the Stanley Cup. Some blockchain swag. Yeah. Yeah. We can IPFS that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> According to how you came down on the last debate. Well, it's, and we're it, Joe one. <laughs> it's, yeah, it seems like, though, the best option is just use any service that you can and put it up there, and that's the safest bet. That's or just what use I, your own server. That's That seems to be my thinking is that get your own server what if you died doesn't matter you guys still got physical object you still got your server okay yeah you just got to leave the password somehow somehow indeed um i just came back from a gray area out in san francisco also yeah, yeah. that was kind of that, that was nice it was a it was a really good group a lot of um interactivity there were it was a whole day of, of workshops, and then there were discussions for, for almost three days, and then music almost every night. And so it was a, it was a nice, n- nice mix, and I hadn't been out to San Francisco in a long time, so it was, it was cool to go there. How much of it was blockchain? I'd say, based on what I saw, it was probably about, I'd say, upwards of 50% was dealing oh, with wow. it. Oh, yeah, wow. Crypto art everywhere. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so it was a it was a good time, and decent weather. It was pretty cold. It was didn't get over much over seventy the whole the whole trip. Uh, too bad. Yeah, but it was San Francisco. So it, was, it was nice. That's what's up. Um, we had a uh, dis- we had a Friday discussion about archetype exiting the yeah. uh, the, the the crypto game. So if you want to see that YouTube video, uh, me and Theo did. It's up. And it's just uh, just talking about um, disappearing. So did they? I mean, entirely shut down. I guess the there's some debate about whether or not it's closed and whether or not this other entity is now created as pretty a subset. Sure pretty sure it's closed down. Um, mm. I don't know exactly what else is going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, I don't know. It's just you know, I don't know. We we debated it. Kind of killed it to death. Yeah. It's, it's out there. You can see it. Um, there are a couple things going on that we might might be doing. It might be jumping the gun, but we've been talking to people about doing some other some programs. Um, actually, you know, beefing up the education aspect of what we're trying to do, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's that's kind of exciting because that was a part of the direction we were going through at the at the very beginning. So finally, seeing some movement on that. And it's a good time because now people aren't talking about how much money they can make. They're more so interested. how much they can lose. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but more about the technology. People are trying. They're asking deeper questions about the technology, which they should have done at the beginning. But it better late than never. Well, let's get into this interview uh, with Mac Flavel. Hello. Hello, Matt. Hello, hello, sir. How are you? Good. How you doing, man? It's uh, DJ J. Skrilla. This is Cynthia. Can you hear me? I can hear both of you. Great. 
Thanks for joining the show. Of course. Happy Wednesday to you. Is it Wednesday? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. Indeed. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Um, Axiom Zen's chief creative officer. Yeah, that the, means I get weird for a living. <laughs> the, the quote, the mind that first conceived of Crypto Kitties. And quote. I've been accused of worse things, but it's true. <laughs> now, you're in a, uh, a marijuana-friendly town up there in Vancouver. Did that have anything to do with conceiving a first Crypto Kitty? I'm sure I know nothing about that in this marijuana-friendly <laughs> town up here. Good answer. <laughs> Quote, yeah, I've done a couple of these. So. <laughs> <laughs> quote, focusing on bringing blockchain to the masses. End quote. Axiom went Axiom Zen's website. Yeah, so we honestly believe, and I didn't believe it to begin with, but we honestly believe that decentralization will measurably improve the lives of billions of people. And we would like to help make that real. And obviously, libertarian revolutions are not the stuff of pop culture. You put cute pink cats on the blockchain, and a whole different category of people is finally going to give a shit. So we felt like if we really wanted to make this decentralization thing, you know, spark off, then this would be a reasonable place to start. Okay. Now, Axiom Zen is a Vancouver-based innovation studio. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. We build products and we build businesses, and we've been doing that for five or six years now. Um, and we've had a lot of success with some of them and lots and lots and lots of failures along the way because that's how this works, obviously. Mm. Have they all been blockchain or, or other stuff? No, okay. no, they haven't. So uh, we, I, I started working at Axiom Zen about three years ago. They acquired a VR boutique agency thing that I was building. And relatively quickly, I decided that VR was going to uh, transform the human experience measured in decades. And to be honest, I'm not working in a time frame of decades. That's just not where my head is at. So we stopped focusing on that after exploring it. And I led our consumer sort of foundry effort. So trying to find uh, the sparkle at the intersection of kind of anonymous messaging and games and Chrome extensions to fuck with Trump and just all the different things that we might come up with. What's a Chrome extension to fuck with Trump? When it was like the campaign, when it was 2016 or something, I just... So, so when there was those Paris attacks in... Uh, terror attacks in Paris a couple sure. years ago, mm-hmm. I got super angry and I said to some... Like, I was new here, basically, but I just said, like, in the Slack channel, I was like, somebody should build a fucking Chrome extension that turns the word terrorist into the word coward so that every web page you read doesn't say terrorist it says coward uh-huh. and then this intern who worked here at the time Peter Siemens who's one of my favorite people on earth I didn't know him then but you know I went outside went to a meeting or something came back 45 minutes later and he says to me it's done and I was like what's done he was like the Chrome extension is I'm like, what <laughs> and he built this thing and we got covered by like big newspapers and it was cool we were proud of that one mm. and then a couple of months later Trump was emerging as hey it gets this shit and our response was like, oh, fuck it, let's just build another Chrome extension because we know how to do these things. And so we cranked out one, and it just replaces the word Trump with, like, a bunch of other silly words like Little Satan and the Wig of Doom and all just, you know, like, all the things. We just fuck with Trump. But we, but we built all those things. We built, like I said, like, 
I mean, we built uh, another Chrome extension called Pretty Good News, and all it did was pull Reddit for good news. So every time you opened a new tab, there was like a piece of good news about the world. We built all of these things. None of them ever connected. And then last year, uh, the team said to me, hey, we think that decentralization and the blockchain as a, as a tool for decentralization is a really big idea. And that's what we want you to think about now. And to be honest, my response was, no, 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 no. That's, that's not what I do, and I don't care about those things. Did you know much about the blockchain at that time? I knew a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, the Bitcoin weirdos. That was like kind of the extent of my perception. What the fuck are you talking about, man? And, but they said to me, they're like, no, like, that's cute, but remember you work here. And so, <laughs> actually, you do work on the blockchain. What, what, like, uh, so prior to that, give me an uh, image. Paint me an image of what a Bitcoiner looked like. To you. Uh, perhaps they lived in a basement of a loved one. Perhaps their neck beard had achieved full maturity. Uh, perhaps their dedication to 4chan was profound. And of course, these are generalizations, and I'm, you know, like my, my consciousness has been expanded, but what I'm describing to you is what my perception mm-hmm. at the time was. Uh, but I went away, and I, you know, I, with, with all this consumer work I was doing, the idea was the, the sort of motto I had come to. People think I'm kidding, but I'm not. And the thing was, um, if you're building consumer products on the internet, you should not explain why you're using cats, but you should explain why you are not using cats. They are opt-out, <laughs> not opt-in, because cats are the gasoline <laughs> of the internet. That's just like how the shit burns, right? So the, that the was part cat of my is the Ethereum mascot, in my opinion. True or I, false? I, I, yeah. I mean, you know, my friend Hoover started Product Hunt. Product Hunt was an amazing business, created real value for a bunch of people, incredible community they built. Also, cats. He would be the first to tell you that cats helped. Uh, and I'd seen CryptoPunks, and CryptoPunks was amazing, man. I love CryptoPunks. I, I'd seen Rare PayPay. That didn't really resonate with me all that much, to be honest. But CryptoPunks was a thing where I was like... You're talking, to, you? a, you're talking to a Rare, a rare Pepe fan here. All power to you. That's awesome. <laughs> it just didn't play my guitar. Yeah. You know, the the strings of my soul were not. All right, so so let me let me go back to the fall of last year. And so they told you, let's do this blockchain thing. Y'all had to come up with an idea. So you dug in. You saw um, spells of Genesis, Rare Pepe, Crypto Punks, maybe some other stuff. Those were the three. Honestly, the big ones that stuck out. Mm-hmm. Did you did you uh, buy were, uh, the, did you buy a Crypto Punk? I did. I did. Okay. And to be honest, it took way longer than it should have like the same experience that our users go through where there's all these hurdles to get started i bought one that looks as close as i could to wonder woman because i'm kind of into wonder woman so i got a wonder woman looking crypto punk and uh i'm probably gonna own it forever because i don't want to sell that thing i love it so so from jump so from jumping into this how how long did it take y'all to come up with the idea of crypto kitties uh, honestly, like I went away for two days, just disappeared into the darkness, and came back and pulled two engineers aside and was like, "Guys, we're gonna put cats on the blockchain." Sometimes it got strange. Did it come from you, like in a shower thought or something, or how did you? How did it hit you? I I loved crypto punks. I loved cats as a consumer communication okay. paradigm. And I wanted to build a breeding game. I've always wanted to build a game where, like, you have a garden and birds and butterflies come and different flowers emerge. We're trying to build an AR garden game at one point before this. And this is, like, some extension of that in some ways. So all those things, I said, let's do this. Everybody's like, dude, I literally have no idea what you are saying right now. That doesn't make any sense. And I was like, I know, but we're going to work through it. And the truth is that the people who work here are exceptional like that's that's the thing that we do we hire exceptional people so 
Though I'm the person who said we should put cats on the blockchain, it is everybody else who who made CryptoKitties what it is. Um, a good friend of mine and a co-founder now on the CryptoKitties project, Dapper Labs, is Dieter Shirley. He's our CTO. He wrote the 721 proposal. He, like, really helped shape this thing, right? He took it from this is an idea to this is how this could be a reality. There's a whole team of people here who crunched away. Three months later, we launched that thing. And then, um, well, then the story became more public. What's the biggest hurdle you've experienced in getting crypto collectibles to the masses so far? Um, it, the, literally the, like, the journey from that looks cool because I saw an article on Forbes to my first cat just had sex on the internet is gargantuan and arduous and terrible. And it's really just the getting started. Like, you know, I knew of Bitcoin for years before I ever bought any because I didn't know how to begin. And for the most part, that's still the same with cats and other NFTs and all these other cool games and experiences that are coming to life, having even another layer of, of uh, density, another barrier of entry to get to. So it's really the getting started with all of this that we want to make awesome so that a billion people can play a billion fun games on the blockchains of the world. So your visual, the people who came up with the visual elements of it, because it's certainly with the big eyes and those kinds of things, yeah. were, you, were you part of the initial design element or did somebody come to you and say this is pretty cool we'll do the kind of manga thing we have we have a dude here named Gile and me and Gile built a game called Aeronaut it's the most beautiful iOS game nobody's ever played but you (laughs) should go look at a game called Aeronaut I'm so like I didn't get to finish it we kind of cancelled that one halfway through but we still shipped it and I love it it's beautiful and Gile was the art director we met Gile at the uh, ethereal Gile Gile is the dude Mm -hmm. Gile like me and Gile have done a bunch of work together over the last couple of years. And that's part of why this all worked, by the way, because I've worked with all these people and have so much trust and respect with all these people. Right. So when I brought this to Gile, to be honest, when the cat started, we weren't like, uh, we weren't like, yeah, this is obviously and clearly the truth. It wasn't love at first sight. We were like, okay, man, do you see this? Because I'm not sure I see like what you're doing with this. And Gile was like, guys, look me in the eye and trust me. And I was like, fuck yeah, that's what we do with Gile. And we did, and clearly that was the right move, because look where we got to. Does he draw all the cats? Yeah, so all the fancy cats he did originally, there's now a small team of people who helped him. He also did all of the traits that we procedurally assemble. Like, there, there is a couple other people who've contributed to the cat art at this point, but he is the Michelangelo behind this yeah. chapel that we've created here. Yeah, um... Well, let me follow up on that. So is he the only artist that's going to be working on the imagery? Or are you going to start incorporating other artists to help illustrate? Um, that's that's an intriguing question, right? Because there are so many talented artists in this world. And it's fun to think of the Crypto Kitty as a mold that maybe other people can bring their their creativity and their interpretations to and that's one worldview that I find very exciting and tantalizing and super super strange which which I'm excited about another one is about this sort of consistency and purity of the brand right I, I so here's a story the there's a fancy cat called Barry and I got two kids and each of my kids have designed one of these fancy cats uh, the other one's coming out this week. You'll see it this week, I think, on Thursday. I'm super stoked with that one. Roman, my kid, did that. But Georgia, my daughter, she said, I want a cat that has a hat with fruit in it. 
And so I brought that to Gile, and he designed Barry. And then, coincidentally, I went to my grandma's funeral one night. You know, I, and I forgot about the cat. I said, Gile, can we do this? And then I forgot about it. And then I went to my grandma's funeral. And then as I was leaving my grandma's funeral, I checked my phone and saw the new Barry cat that was what my daughter had designed. And it looks weirdly like my grandma. Like, it was awesome. Mm. And so I, the, the point is, I was like, oh, my God, my grandma's been reincarnated from her funeral in a crypto kitty. And it's going to live forever on the oh, Ethereum blockchain. And I fucking love every single piece of this. Well, there you go. My daughter's mine. Could be a whole dedication thing. A whole bunch of people would probably be willing to come up with ideas to have uh, yeah, crypto no, kitties after love. Neat. Yeah. And I wanted to go get a tattoo and be the first person to get a crypto kitty tattoo. Because wow. I thought that would be a good idea. But then we had fans who did that. And, and the reason I bring that up is because when I talk, when you talk about, like, should other artists be bringing things to kitties? Yes, I love that story. I love how that plays out. But a different argument could be made about how strongly these characters and these brands and these cats resonate with people already. And maybe we should keep that pure and, and treat that as sacred and build amazing things around that, but keep the nugget of it consistent. So, so I don't know which path is going to take us to the future. I know that I like both the stories. You, yeah, you, you could you do a Marvel, the whole Marvel thing. They have a whole bunch of different artists. They all have different skills they bring in, and it all kind of looks, you know, it has a thing. Well, yeah, what, are, what are some of the games you guys are building out for CryptoKitties? Like, what's available and what's in the future here? Um, so, I'm not gonna. I'm... What can you tell us? Give us that exclusive, <laughs> exclusive. <laughs> Airborne's going off right now. Max bringing the exclusive. Uh, except that he's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. So to be honest, like our our philosophical model here is that Steve Jobs is a pretty bright dude. He assembled a you know incredible team around him, and he still didn't invent Uber uh, or any of the other. <laughs> apps that we all use every day and love on our phone. I don't even use Uber, to be clear. I live in Vancouver where it doesn't work. But just, you know what I'm saying, like that, that outsourced innovation, the platform thing. So we're building some cool things to do with your cats because there definitely should be more things to do with your cats. But I firmly believe that the great answers to the questions of what you should do with the cats exist outside of these four walls, exist in the world around us. And we have like 45 different projects in the Kittyverse right now. We have different people building things. Dude, we have um, kitty hats, which are like hats on your cats, the costumes, there's kitty races. That's the Dada thing, right? The, 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 the Dada yeah. integrated with kitty hats. I love that shit. They're like yeah. double extensibility. Mm-hmm. Your cats have Dada art in them, and the cats own the easels, but you own the cat, and we didn't have nothing to do with none of that. That was just, you know, people in the community saying, this is what I want to build, and they can do that because blockchain extensibility fucking rules. So, uh, but, 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 yeah. but my new favorite one, my new favorite one right now is a murder mystery show, kitties.tokenville.tv, I think. And people, they're building like a murder mystery amazingness that has your cats as characters. The, the, the future is weird, and I love it, and we're not building all of it. The, the smartest people in the world, only some of them work here, not all of them. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, we got to check our listeners. We've got to check that out the murder mystery with the cats. Um, why, why, why are you. Um, when you first started this, why did you choose Ethereum? Because it was the only rational choice mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, to be clear, crypto kitties, I tell people Dieter is the crypto and I'm the kitties half of this story. Like, there's so many people who are so much more competent technologists than I am mm-hmm. to understand the subtleties of the blockchains. I'm not that guy who wants okay. to argue about like which proof of stake methodology is going to be the future. <laughs> I have right. no fucking idea. Right. But, but, but there was literally nothing else that I understood that could do what we needed, like Ethereum did at the time. 
Okay. And um, so yeah, I'm not gonna to follow up. My follow up question would be: You guys, would you guys plan on using Ethereum on out, or is it something that you guys can cross? You know, if something happens, you can go to like EOS or something else like that. I think that the kitties are always going to live on Ethereum. That is their home. I think that the blockchain that is going to be used as commonplace 30 years from now probably hasn't been invented yet. Mm. And so, you know, we have some money in the bank and some users who love us and some really big ideas. So we're going to be around for a while and we're going to build some cool stuff. And we're constantly going to make decisions that are best for our users. And that I, I don't. I don't know what the answer... I don't know what that means. I just know that that is the guiding principle that we will use. Oh, explain a little bit, because there are, you know, remarkably some people who don't know about CryptoKitties. Can you give an idea of what people can do or what, you know, what you think are the the, the most powerful messages about you know, getting involved with CryptoKitties and what people, the experience itself? CryptoKitties are uh, collectible, breedable, tradable cats on the blockchain. They're adorable pictures of cartoon cats that you can truly own in such a way that they will live for what might be forever, so long as there's an Ethereum node left in this world being run by the Smithsonian Institution 3,000 years from now. Your kitties will (laughs) still live on that, which is pretty cool. Um, It's a fun little game that, to be honest, I refused to call a game for a long time. I thought it was a play thing, but it has evolved into a game, and that evolves more and more. Because it's on the blockchain, like I was just talking about, what's fun and interesting is that we are not the people who are doing everything about controlling it and consorting it and forcing it into a certain shape. Our community has arisen and built a series of tools around it that really allow you to use these kitties more as like keys to a series of different games. They are, they are how you open the door to different forms of entertainment. Uh, it's shifting from being a fun product that we built into a platform of alternate experiences where the kitties are just the tokens of the gameplay and all these other games. And that's that's a world that's being shaped as we speak. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about the other side of it. But I don't. So the crypto don't, kitties are going to have the utility of ac- like access to certain things in game. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be all sorts of things, including access tokens for a bunch of other experiences, mm-hmm. uh, which is really neat. I don't know what that looks like at the end of the day, but I think it probably looks pretty cool. So when people, you know, if they came up with a iteration, for example, your your murder mystery idea. How do people make those suggestions? How did how does that? What's the process for that? Do people submit like proposals to you guys? We think this would be really cool if. So at the most base level, they just do whatever the hell they want. That's what makes okay. the blockchain so interesting, right? Is our users own these cats, not us? And so if our user wants to build an experience for their cat, that's their business, not ours. And if they want to share that experience with other users, that's also their business, not ours. That's what makes this extensibility on the blockchain so fun and so weird and so neat. In tandem with that, there's some of these things that people are building that we really love and think are amazing. And so we're going to support those in every way we possibly can. And that might include like literally giving them money. That will certainly include connecting them to our design teams and our engineering teams and our marketing teams and saying, what are your goals? How can we help you be successful? Uh, we're looking at exactly what the details of that Kittyverse program should be. But there is going to be an official, very real, very um, handheld Kittyverse program for the teams and people that we think are adding most value. Again, on top of that, anybody can do whatever the hell they want because this is the blockchain, and that's what gets us really worked up in the right way. That's a good thing. Cool. So you're going to have a uh, 
a kitty um, Kickstarter, pretty much. Yeah, I don't know if it's a Kickstarter or a Y Combinator or okay. something else in the middle of those, but what I want is to drive innovation and fun in the kittyverse, and so sometimes that involves not being involved at all, and sometimes that probably involves having a fairly hands-on relationship. But we're, we're just doing this one day at a time. It's not like we know what we're doing, right? We're trying to figure out how to build a business and a community and a legacy, and, and we're just, just one foot in front of the other. Yeah, and you guys, you guys recently finished a round of funding that definitely gives you guys some uh, coasting to uh, definitely produce something over there. Um, we ain't never going to coast, but we have you some breathing yeah, room yeah, yeah. to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you, you guys, y'all had some good headlines this past, over the, what was it, last summer uh, or last fall, where um, a bunch of Union Square... Uh, we got some angels that are very cool that you guys don't know about yet, but that will excite you when I tell you about them. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff going on. Also, I was supposed to join a call five minutes ago, so I need to jump. Do you have any other last questions I can um, well, help out with? Give me a bold prediction for crypto collectibles over the next five years. I think crypto collectibles are going to be a meaningful part of people's identities in five years. And not one, just to be absolutely clear, but in five years, you will be able to point to your crypto collectible uh, profile online and say, these I own and they matter to me. And you can understand me by understanding collectibles and that whole space. Thanks, man. Appreciate your time. Have fun, guys. All right. Bye. Later. Thanks. All right. That was Mac Flaville, Crypto Kids, Axie. Yeah. It was a, it was interesting because it certainly is his background in VR, at a, basically a pretty significant business life before he got into this, and it seems like it was somewhat of an, an epiphany. Uh, what do people like on the internet? Cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's a good idea. Cats are definitely uh, marketable to uh, all people. Um, and, you know, they're cute. Cats are cute. Especially big-eyed ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a couple questions I wanted to ask him, too, um, that I didn't get around to asking. Uh, I don't think he was the man to ask some more technical questions, but uh, he kind of gave, gave off that he didn't want to talk technical stuff, so I respected that. Yeah, um, but yeah, he, he gave some good information. I feel like uh, you know, seems like a pretty smart guy. Well, you know. yeah, I think he he's the the appropriate role is well, he's CEO, right? Uh, CCO, CCO. Uh, Chief Creative Officer. It's Chief Creative Officer, and yeah. so that makes that makes sense because he's not the CTO, the C Technical um, yeah, yeah. Officer. So, um, so that from from that perspective, it was a. Uh, it was very, very appropriate and along those, along those lines because he certainly has lots of ideas. He said from the very beginning, he doesn't even, he's not even thinking in years. Mm-hmm. He's thinking in a, in a broader scope than, than uh, what's, what's going to happen in 10 years, what's going to happen in the next couple of years. He's thinking well into the future and he certainly expects CryptoKitties to last thousands of years. No, at least, at least 10. <laughs> <laughs> Right, because you did you did ask him how how far or to 
what yeah. extent the CryptoKitties are going to be as around. As Ethereum node is running, they'll be available. Right. So, that's good to know. Um, yeah, along those lines, um, make sure you go ahead and check us out on uh, iTunes or whatever you're doing. And uh, leave a review or a star or something like that. You can leave one. You can leave two. Three. <laughs> probably don't want to leave four. <laughs> Let us know you're li- you're listening. Yeah, Let us yeah, know you're yeah. listening. Um, we appreciate it. We've got a couple more tips on that Bitcoin address. <laughs> you know, the sky is falling. Uh, people feel like tipping us. I guess that's cool. Um, yeah. that, that Ethereum address looking a little lonely out there. But, uh, you know, all the information's in our bio right there. We do this because we like to, though, so don't worry about it. Yep. Um, Episode 22. And we're signing off. Thanks. Yeah, we are. <laughs>